0: on Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Boy, do we ever have a jammed show for you. On this inauguration day, as we record this, I knew there was a reason why we were waiting. We were expecting big news, and we have got it. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell, uh, host of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And away we go. So what do you want? Do you want the bad news? Do you want, I think, the good news? Do you want the interesting news? Do you want the hopeful news? We've got it all for you. Let's start with this. The Washington football team facility has been closed for the next few days, uh, probably the remainder of the week at least. Because several staff members, we don't know exactly who, what, when, how many players, coaches, staff, um, you know, players are limited, very limited at this time of the year because they're either on, you know, vacation, they're getting a break. I don't think, don't believe they have to come in for daily testing anymore. There's different offseason protocols. Uh, But the Washington football team facility had to be shut down. You know, this week and again will remain so for the next couple of days, at least uh, because they had multiple players and staff test positive. Um, So apparently here's how it happened. And and nobody is saying anything. I can tell you that. I mean, it's, you know, people, somebody will break it. um, But, you know, I, I mean, I just I can't find out so far. Uh, apparently there was a little get together after the season, uh, which ended a week and a half ago outside of the facility and a bunch of people that were at that particular celebration or, um, get together tested positive positive. and, you know, look, that's an unfortunate situation. Don't know exactly how it happened, why it went down, how it went down. Uh, but the bottom line is, is, you know, I think we've all been smart enough, many of us, to understand that even when you are with people that say they've tested negative and, you know, have been tested daily and all that stuff, that that does not mean you are not potentially contagious. That does not mean you should be not socially distanced. That does not mean you shouldn't be wearing your mask. Ideally, you should not be inside, right? If you're going to get together, you do it outside. Even family, I think we all should understand this and know this. If family in their own home is together, but members of that family are doing the do outside of the house, And hanging out with friends and being social butterflies and going here and going there. That is just the same. Just the same. It is irresponsible. It's reckless. It's not smart. And you can get COVID and you can die. And I'm not a doctor. I just use common sense. Okay? So... You know, I, I don't know how many incidents have to happen for people to understand that we're in a society and a time until everybody gets vaccinated that you can't have fun. It's all there is to it. And yet, met so many people, and I, trust me, if you think I'm barking up a wrong tune here, uh, I argue with my children all the time about wearing their mask, about practicing, say, you know, I get frustrated when my daughter's hanging out with this one and that one. And you know, no, but I mean, I don't live with them and I'm just peeling back the onion here. Don't live with them. So I can't say, don't do this. Don't do that. All I can do is suggest and, and argue and plea and hope that it makes sense. And Nobody listens. Nobody cares. People don't care. They're selfish, including my kid, my daughter. And, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, So unfortunately, the facility had to be closed. Unfortunately, some people are sick. I don't know exactly who, how many, how severe. I checked in with a couple of people. They're doing okay. Not going to reveal any names. That's not fair. But, I mean, I'm not checking in with 200 members of the organization. Not doing that. But this season, they got through with Logan Thomas, day two of training camp. With Matt Ioannidis, already well on IR after he went out for the season week three. I mean, this sounds like, sounds like a player get-together. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Or a unit get-together. You know, maybe the defensive backs, just using that as an example, got together and maybe a couple of coaches were there. I don't know. But that's what it sounds like. Sounds like. All right. um, So that's one big breaking news. So we'll keep you posted on that. I mean, thankfully it is the offseason, so you have that. The other big news is Martin Mayhew is reportedly coming to Washington. So we've been telling you for several days on the Locked On Washington football team podcast that Marty Herney was going to be named the GM, but that we had kept hearing from multiple sources that there would be a second executive added to the front office in an unspecified role or an undetermined role, perhaps assistant GM, perhaps uh, senior personnel executives, perhaps you know, a couple of different titles, quite honestly. Um, And one area that we did not address is the San Francisco 49ers by helping to groom, I guess, Martin Mayhew, even though he was already a GM for, what, seven years in Detroit? And he's more than groomed. Will could, and will, I believe get a compensation pick. Now, what what I'm not sure of is how all of the the rules go in that regard. Does the team that hires a minority candidate have to pay that I don't think so. That's not what I remember reading because it would be then prohibitive to hire a minority candidate. That's dumb. So if that's the case, that's ridiculous. I don't think that's the case. I think San Francisco's just going to get a compensation pick. And it might be just that they're still trying to determine whether Martin Mayhew's going to get an assistant GM title, uh, whether he's going to get a senior person. Remember, he's the vice president of player personnel with San Francisco. So theoretically, he needs a promotion from that. And I believe... Unless San Francisco is okay with him leaving and they give their blessing for a lateral move. You know, I believe they have to give him a different title. Now you might say, well, that sounds like a matter of semantics and it probably is. But one thing that we should keep in mind is just to use an example. Remember Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator in 2019 for the Washington, then Redskins. He's been with Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Well, Brandon Staley is now the LA Chargers head coach, who was the defensive coordinator with the Rams for one year and got that job. That's pretty amazing in and of itself. He tried to take Kevin O'Connell and make him the play caller in a lateral move. And even though Sean McVay calls the plays in Los Angeles, he basically would not allow Kevin O'Connell to go to the Chargers and join Staley because it was a lateral move. So teams don't have to allow that. So that's why I think they need to cook up a different title, even if ultimately Martin Mayhew essentially becomes the vice president of player personnel. Now... You have Eric Stokes in the house. He's the pro scouting director. He's been an assistant GM. He's been in charge of all personnel before. So you could give him that. You could give Martin Mayhew technically the assistant GM and keep Marty Herney as the general manager. I don't know how all this is going to work out, but that's the news on Wednesday afternoon, that Martin Mayhew is indeed coming. Now, again, we've been telling you for days now that Ron Rivera was going to hire, or look to hire, was planning, was hoping to hire more than one executive. And we've mentioned Martin Mayhew's name a couple of times, so there you have that. So I hope you were listening for that, because if you were, you're in good shape. You were ahead of the curve. All right, when we return here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast uh, with me, I'm Chris Russell, we will get to... Uh, Something Mark Ross, a former executive with the New York Giants, had to say that makes uh, very little sense, in my opinion. Uh, And as well, the Deshaun Watson rumors. Yeah, man, they are starting to heat up. Plus, goodbye, Philip. That's all next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, guys, you're one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax act outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one-of-a-kind, uniquely you, taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by Ten of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring. And guys, it's already launched at BlueNile.com. That's right, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings has already launched. Check it out. Preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. That's B-L-U-E-Nile, N-I-L-E.com. BlueNile.com. All right, we continue along on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. So much going on. We touched on Martin Mayhew coming. We touched on the COVID situation over at the Inova Sports Performance Center being shut down in case you're just uh, joining us or listening midway through. Again, Martin Mayhew on his way to join Marty Herney. Uh, Those deals are not official just yet. uh, And the building is closed for the next couple of days. I wanted to get to something real quickly here while we were talking about the GM spot. Um... If you guys know the name Mark Ross, he was a former New York Giants uh, executive. As a matter of fact, he served 11 years with the Giants, winning two Super Bowls in his time there. He's now uh, with the NFL Network. He was the vice president of player evaluation and then for six years, the director of college scouting. Now, he was constantly mentioned for a GM spot, right? Um, That I remember uh, back a couple of years ago and since then has gotten out of football and is now at NFL Network. Now, listen, I don't know exactly what's going on in Mark Ross's life, uh, but he was very, very, very upset at Marty Herney being hired. He retweeted Ian Rappaport's tweet from yesterday saying that the Washington football team is finalizing a deal with Marty Herney to be its new GM. The team should announce the move later today, which they didn't. So Mark Ross tags that tweet and says, Just the latest example of the double standard for white candidates and the uneven playing field black candidates face. A twice-fired GM gets another opportunity. Relationships, not performance, are the main criteria for entry. Yes, this just in. Welcome to America. It's who you know, not what you know. In a lot of cases. Not every case. It's who you know, not what you know. And Mark, remember, you're the one that chose to get out of the NFL. I would just say that. You're the one that decided to leave and not pursue your dream. Now, whatever reason you had after leaving the New York Giants, he worked as a consultant for NFL football operations in between. You know, I don't know. Maybe he thought it would buy him time. I I don't know exactly what happened there. But, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, you were never an assistant GM. You were never a general manager. Why would you think that you have a better chance... At getting a GM job, why would you think that somebody that doesn't have that level of experience should just be dismissed? This is the most obnoxious, inane argument, period. There is. I'm all for everyone getting a fair crack, but there's, it's not a fair world. People look for experience. People look for connections, and people that they've worked with before and that they are familiar with. Oh, and by the way, in case we didn't remember, Ron Rivera is Hispanic. He's a minority head coach. Oh, and by the way, the president of the Washington football team, Jason Wright, is black. So you think they're just hiring a white guy? Because... They have nothing better to do. Get lost. Where are you talking about? Or what are you talking about? I should say like Mark Ross. I, I'm sorry. I, I know you're frustrated. I got it. I understand that. I know you feel like you should have been a GM. I understand. But come on now. Now, and, and, and he didn't know, he didn't know, I guess at the time that that Washington was in negotiations with Martin Mayhew. Maybe before he popped off, he should have looked that up because we were talking about that for the last several days. And one other thing that we should, I guess, point out, not to say that Dave Gettleman is any great shakes as a general manager. I think he's better than his reputation, but he was fired or he fired Mark Ross, as soon as he took over the Giants. Now, he and Jerry Reese, an African-American black GM, and again, they had success together. They worked together. Jerry Reese was fired before Mark Ross. But the bottom line is, like, there's a reason why they fired Jerry Reese. And because whoever it was, the ownership... And then Dave Gettleman looked and said, well, wait a second. If Jerry Reese is getting fired, why would we keep his right-hand man? We want our own. That's just the way it works. I mean, he's been critical of Eli Manning. He's been critical of the Giants organization. He wanted them to take Sam Darnold three years ago. I don't know. I I just, to me, he seems like a pretty, pretty bitter guy. So I'm not sure why it didn't work out for him. You know, sorry. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Not everybody gets what they want and what they feel they deserve. You know, I've been working 26 years In the sports talk radio industry, 26 years, you think I've gotten everything that I wanted and and that I know I deserved and I know I've earned hell no, but I just have to sit there and take it and just keep working my ass off. I don't know exactly what happened to Mark Ross after he was fired by the Giants, other than again, working for the league for a short time, a couple years, one year, I, I don't even know. But he's now with NFL Network, and while I'm sure he knows how to evaluate college talent, why has nobody hired him? Unless they've offered him jobs and he's turned them down. Like, this is a who-you-know world and a connections world. And certainly in the NFL, which is a smaller fishbowl than most people realize. Just stop. Please, Mark Ross, just stop. You're making a fool of yourself, quite honestly. Quite honestly. Um, All right, so that's one thing that I want to get to. The other thing is, things are starting to heat up for Deshaun Watson. There's all sorts of rumors that he's going to get traded, that Houston has been talking internally, that the Washington football team should make a run for Deshaun Watson. Well, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said today, uh, Wednesday on Get Up on ESPN, that his list of sleepers included the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers, and the Washington football team. Now, Listen, the Bears, Trubisky free agent, Nick Foles, obviously not a long-term answer. Carolina, not thrilled with Teddy Bridgewater. They benched him uh, late in the year. Um, You know, that is what it is. Um, New staff there, better idea of what they have, what they don't have. Uh, Pretty safe to say Teddy Bridgewater is not a future star for them. On top of that, Washington has made it beyond clear. Again, remember the question I asked Ron Rivera the morning after the season ended? Played it for you here. Is he said the quarterback situation and solving that was the number one thing on his plate. Does that sound like a guy who's satisfied with what he has in-house? No, nobody should be surprised. Now, apparently the minimum, minimum asking price For the Houston Texans, apparently, is three first-round picks. Now, if you want three first-round picks, which would include this year, number 19 overall, and presumably 2022 and 2023, plus you want me to inherit all of the contract, which, uh, you know, is not prohibitive in 2021— but becomes prohibitive when you have all the dead money of Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith rolled into and added onto Deshaun Watson's salary. Then it becomes prohibitive, to the tune of some thirty-five plus million dollars in 2022 and 2023. And that may not sound like a lot, but it is still—it's a big chunk of your salary cap space. Big chunk, especially if the cap goes down, like many are expecting. Listen, I know this isn't going to be a popular spin, a popular take, a popular opinion, but I would not pursue Deshaun Watson unless we're talking about, can we talk about this year's first round pick and maybe a player or two? And depending on who that player is, like, could I possibly consider Montez Sweat And a first-round pick for Deshaun Watson, I don't know if I would still do that because I just fear putting all your eggs in one basket. But would I consider that? I would consider it. Yes, I'd have to think long and hard about it. I don't know if I would do it, but I'd consider it long and hard. But if we're talking about three first-round picks... And people say, well, that's what first round picks, or that's what picks, or that's what this is for, and you don't need more first. Listen, people, teams always think they are better than they are. The buzz around from an NFL personnel director, I guess, that Fowler had was that they think their window is open and their window is open now. But guess what? Doesn't mean that it won't close. Washington thought their window was open in 2012 and 2013. And they failed miserably. And they didn't have first-round picks in 2013 and 2014 to bail themselves out. And yes, there was a cap penalty, which they knew about, or they knew was coming, which they denied. The point of the matter is, you can't always operate like, well, this is the window, and we have to do whatever it takes to get a stud. Because what if the stud gets hurt? Now, Deshaun Watson's already had a torn ACL. So... It's not like he can't get hurt again. I mean, you'd like to believe that he wouldn't get hurt that way again, but you don't know. Thomas Davis had three torn ACLs. Now He had a very successful career, but the point of the matter is Thomas Davis was a linebacker who was a nice linebacker. You're not paying Deshaun Watson the money and the trade compensation to be a nice quarterback. You're paying him to be a franchise stud. To me, I would not do three first-round picks. If you want to talk two first-round picks, uh, that's, again, something I would consider. I would not do three. Uh, That is something that, right now, fundamentally, I am against. And I know that's not going to be what most people think, but I'll be honest with you, most of the reaction I've seen, including to my tweets and stories, pretty much dead even. And maybe more, against surrendering whatever compensation for Deshaun Watson, which surprised me because usually fans are like, ah, I don't care. I, you know, I just want, want, want. So that kind of surprised me. All right. That's going to wrap up that part of the show. We'll have more on that. When we come back, we will touch on the career of Philip Rivers who retired on Wednesday morning and what a career it was. That's next right here on the locked on a Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. For betonline.ag. Get in the game, guys. Um, So I'm becoming a little bit of a gambling junkie at betonline.ag. I signed up for a free account. I put $100 in my account just to see how I would go. I was never a gambler. And here I am gambling on just about every major football game. And I even bet hockey on Tuesday night. And I won 86 cents because I had the Capitals plus the one and a half against the Penguins, and they lost in overtime. So I won, right? They lost and I won. But that's what happens when you go to betonline.ag and you use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus based on your first deposit, and you'll get in on the action. NBA, NHL, college hoops, NFL championship weekend, and still lots more to come. Futures and everything. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sports book experts. All right, we wrap it up with Philip Rivers retiring at the age of 39. First of all, congratulations to Philip Rivers. Tremendous quarterback. Uh, never went to a Super Bowl, never won a Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, here's the bottom line: I don't care about that. Not everybody's going to win. Not everybody's going to get to a Super Bowl. I mean, Adrian Peterson's not getting to a Super Bowl either. Does that mean he wasn't a great running back? Of course not. I mean, it's such a tired, silly, stupid narrative that we judge everybody based solely on wins and losses and championships, right? Now, that being said, I'm a championship guy, right? I mean, that's how you define your greatness. So I wouldn't put Phillip Rivers with the all-time elites, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. uh, You know, even Aaron Rodgers, who's only got one, but has been to another Super Bowl. Drew Brees, who has only had one, but, you know, that type of thing. And just because you win a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're elite either. I mean, you could be on a great team. You could be elite. Whatever. Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. Neither time, quite honestly, was he great or elite in those two Super Bowl years and wins. People forget... His one and only win in Indianapolis, that was a defense and a running-based team. Certainly in the postseason, now he helped them get there and he helped them coordinate it. But they did not win because Peyton Manning was great. As a matter of fact, they would lose when Peyton Manning was better than he was that year. My point being is, you don't judge a guy solely based on wins and losses or solely based on championships. Everything should get taken into the proper context. And Phillip Rivers was tough. He played injured. He played an AFC championship game without an ACL. He was a pain in the ass. Uh, He was enthusiastic. He was accurate. He was, uh, again, tough. Um, You know, uh, A.J. Smith made a trade because the Mannings were holding the San Diego Chargers hostage. And he made a pretty damn good trade, and he wound up with Phillip Rivers. And while Philip Rivers did not win the championships that Pete Eli Manning won, I would argue Philip Rivers was a better quarterback. Now, most people would tell me I'm full of crap, but I know what I'm talking about. I really do. Uh, and I think Philip Rivers was a better quarterback side to side, pound for pound, than Eli Manning. Eli Manning had two tremendous Januaries in his career and was a good regular season quarterback. Philip Rivers, I think, was largely... Yeah, especially in his prime, a great regular season quarterback. And he was, again, fine in the playoffs. He wasn't great, but he also didn't have a great team around him. That's part of winning a Super Bowl. So congratulations to Phillip Rivers, who leaves the Indianapolis Colts. And now that's one more team, you'd think, that might be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. The problem is, is Houston and Indianapolis play in the same division? So good luck with that. But they'll certainly be in the mix for a quarterback. Now, won't they? Maybe they'll look to sign or trade for Alex Smith. They seem to like veteran quarterbacks around there. That could solve some things for the Washington football team. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being with us right here on this edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, 1010 and BlueNile.com. As well, Bet online.ag uh, and also built bar plus turbotax. Thank you all for your support and for downloading the show and for spreading the word. Please continue to do so. I'm Chris Russell Adios.